Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yeah, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Yeah, that was simple. <laughs> we didn't spend five minutes on our phones trying to figure that out. <laughs> we didn't. We at definitely all. did not do that. We just first take to, as always. <laughs> what's up, everybody? How's it going? You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. We got a pretty cool episode today. So Zendikar Rising is uh, starting to get spoiled. It's almost here. It's rising. <laughs> it's it's rising. Uh, and so this set brings with it something brand new to Magic. We've never had this before. Um, it's Commander Precons, but we're calling these set decks. Mm-hmm. This is a thing that Wizards has said they're going to be doing sort of for the foreseeable future, which is Commander Precon decks that come out with a set, but it's not like the Commander product that we're used to. Yeah, these are more themed around the set. They're not. They're more reprint heavy, less about new cards. Because if you remember, Gavin actually came on the show last year to talk about this. And back during the Ikoria days, that's when we had all the official Commander products. And typically, that would happen around this time of year. That's true. But now we're theming it so that each of the new sets, the sort of main theme sets, will have a Commander Precon that's like kind of in the world. Right. So uh, we've been honored because Wizards has asked us actually to reveal, unveil... One of the full deck lists for uh, for these precons, and so that's what we're going to be doing today. Um, we also are going to get the help of an old friend, Game Nights alumni, and uh, one of the designers, creators of this product. Um, well, let's let him introduce himself. How is it, Jimmy and Josh, and everyone out there too? My name is Gavin Verhey from Wizards of the Coast, and I was the main architect this year on most of our Commander products. So that's things like C20 and Commander Legends, and of course, the Zendikar Rising Commander decks. So I'm gonna be here today as Jimmy and Josh walk through the decks to help provide any additional insight. Back to you two. That is uh, (laughs) the same Gavin, but with more beard. Yeah, it's actually a different version of Gavin. (laughs) The Gavin I talked about- It's Mountain Man Gavin. This is Mountain Man Gavin. He has a, uh, when he's done recording his videos, he like picks up a banjo and just starts noodling away. <laughs> yes, the pandemic has affected all of us differently. You know, I would do, I would definitely have grown the beard thing, but this is me after five days without yeah. shaving. Yeah, I can't grow yeah, it. Nothing happens up yeah. here. So <laughs> thanks, Gavin. You're, you're holding the torch for all of us. Okay, so Gavin's going to be helping us out, but we've got uh, a lot of questions to tackle here because this is a new product. So it's like, how are these decks different than the traditional Commander Precons that we're used to? Mm-hmm. What about reprints uh, in these decks? What's that going to look like? How good is the value? Um, and for God's sakes, what are the new cards? Yeah, so we're going to answer all of that. But first, if you want to get your hands on these, this deck, the other deck, which is a Naya deck, it's already been revealed this morning as well. Um, anything from Zendikar Rising? Booster boxes, bundles, singles? singles. Yeah, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's the place that you want to go to order all of your Magic product, including the new stuff from Zendikar Rising. Um, at this point, we know everything from the set so we know there's cool expedition style oh yeah versions of fetch lands and things so a lot of exciting stuff you definitely want to get your hands on it cardkingdom.com slash command zone they're going to get it to you faster than anybody else and in better condition and when you get those cards especially if they're those sweet expeditions or you know the sweet foil commanders and these precons you're going to want to sleeve them up keep them protected and for that we here at the command zone trust ultra pro forever and always in fact they just came out with brand new eclipse sleeves that have glossy fronts on them so so your your foils are going to shine through that much more and look your cards have value and you want to keep them in pristine condition from now until forever so ultra pro always has our backs they're also the ones that made our playmat they're the ones that we trust to print a lot of the stuff that we use on the show and give away to you at the end of each episode of game nights yeah, and another way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. Uh, you get to contribute to the, our content and also interact with Jimmy and I daily on our Discord. You get mm-hmm. to see things like extra turns, which, spoiler alert, is coming out <gasps> next week. What? I know. Uh, we've been doing a lot of them lately <laughs> uh, because of patrons and sponsors and things like that. We've and been able to do more. Kickstarter, we yep. said we'd make them. So. You yeah. also get to um, watch game nights a day early yeah. than everybody else. Also, the extra turns in the game nights that you watch early are ad-free, so patrons a lot of perks. Um, also, patrons who qualify are getting our brand new Epic Play playmat for free. free. And if you're not a qualifying patron, uh, you can go right now to the Kickstarter for our Epic Play playmat. In fact, if you haven't seen the image, we have a cool animation for it. Let's play that really quick. 
yes. the epic. Woohoo! Woohoo! Yeah, yes. tearing down the castle behind. It's awesome. Uh, limited time sale. So if you do not purchase this playmat on Kickstarter by the time the Kickstarter ends, you will never be able to get it ever, ever, ever again. Yeah, so click the link in the show notes. Go order your playmat. That time is running out on that campaign because it's been going for a little while here. Uh, oh, and we almost forgot. Back to the patron thing. <laughs> Patrons, patreon.com slash command zone. We also shout out one lucky patron every single episode. And this episode is dedicated to... Alexander Giuliano. Alexander, you rock. That's a really cool name. All right, let's get into the deck reveal for this Demir Rogue Tribal deck. Um, it's called Sneak Attack. Even though it's not in red. Yeah, that's a, it's a, that's a little weird. Why are we doing this uh, without red? But that's okay. I, they probably were like, whatever. Rogues are sneaky and they attack, so that's it's true. fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so... Why are they doing these new pre-cons? Who's the commander of this deck? Let's hear uh, from Gavin really quickly. He can sort of set the table for us. Zendikar Rising has two brand new commander decks. These are meant to be our most accessible commander decks ever and are perfect to pick up and play. Now, just like how in Akoria Commander, all of the brand new cards were set on Akoria, here with Zendikar Commander, all of the brand new cards are set on Zendikar. And since we've been to Zendikar before, this was a really fun chance to go and revisit some previous characters that we didn't have room for in the main set. Like say, this guy, Anawan. We saw him all the way back in original Zendikar block as Anawan the Rune Sage. We didn't have room for him in the main set, but we were able to cook up a pretty cool version to be the front face legendary creature of the blue-black Zendikar Rising commander deck. Aha, uh -huh. all right. Well, since Gavin gave us that wonderful lead-in, I guess it's up to us to reveal the most important card in the deck. It's a brand new card, and it is the commander. Yes, Yay! it's Anawan, the Ruin Thief. Two, a blue and a black for a 2-4 legendary creature, of course, Vampire Rogue. Says other rogues you control get plus one plus one. It's a lord. And then whenever one or more rogues you control deal combat damage to a player, that player mills a card for each one damage dealt to them. If the player mills at least one creature card this way, you draw a card. And of course, to mill a card, a player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard. Which is actually brand new. We've uh, Up until M21, mill didn't become a keyword. So right. that's very interesting. So yeah, Anawan, uh, everything about this deck is printed on this card. It's obviously Rogue Tribal. Mm -hmm. You're going to give your rogues plus one, plus one. And you're going to want to do sneaky, attacky damage to your opponents. Mill them and hopefully mill some creature cards because that way you get to draw some cards. This is pretty exciting because there hasn't really been a true rogue tribal commander until now. There have been rogue tribal decks, mm -hmm. if you go to EDH Rec, that um, people have built around. But there hasn't been a legendary creature that actually references rogues in this way in its text box. So you right. kind of just had to piecemeal it together yourself. Kind of like my Tim deck or something like that. Right. Uh, maybe Morophon <laughs> or something like that. But there's been nothing that said, hey, rogues in the text box, this is what we care about. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, and um, blue and black are the colors for it. Right. So. Uh, a couple things to note here about the, uh, the the rules text is it's when one or more rogues deals combat damage to a player. So you can draw a card only once off each opponent. Right. But you could attack multiple opponents. With multiple rogues. And then, depending on what they mill, you might be able to draw a card off Mel and draw a card off Megan and draw a card off Jimmy if you had a ton of rogues out and you got lucky with the mill. Mm -hmm. um, but you can't draw sort of more than one card per, per. opponent unless you had like double strike or something, I guess, because then it wouldn't mill a second Deal time. Deal twice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the other thing is that you're you're milling for each damage, one damage dealt to them. So if you hit them for five, they're going to mill five cards. Yep. Um, and then, of course, the card draw is on Anawan. So if Anawan is not there, then you're not going to draw the cards. And you're not going to mill either. Well, the, the, the card draw is directly tied to Anawan. So you can't mill if... So you can't draw if you milled from something else. Something right? else, right, right. Yeah, so if you had, like, I don't know, a card that caused everybody to mill ten cards, it's not... The, it's not from the combat damage dealt by rogues because it says if the player mills at least one creature card this way, yeah. referring to the trigger from Anawan. So unfortunately, it's not like mill people with something else and draw cards, which would maybe be too powerful anyway. So <laughs> maybe it's not unfortunately, maybe powerful. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah um, we have a clip here from Gavin where he sort of talks about why they chose rogues and mill as a theme for this deck. So, so let's hear from Gavin. One of the mini cool things about attaching commander decks to main sets is that you can pick a theme in the main set that didn't get fully explored and blow it out in the commander deck. And that's exactly what we did here. You see, the main set of Zendikar Rising has the party mechanic. 
Now, party cares about wizards and clerics and warriors and rogues, but doesn't go into any specific one that far. Well, in the commander deck, it's full on rogue tribal here, and it's led by Anawan. Anawan is the perfect rogues commander. He pumps up all of your rogues, which is fantastic, and then when he hits your opponent or your rogues hit your opponent, you get to mill them. Now, milling your opponent out in a 100-card deck is pretty hard to do, but it can happen sometimes. But even if you're not milling them out all the way, just drawing the card from that mill is a pretty big deal. Additionally, the deck has a lot of ways to interact with your opponent's graveyard, so even though you might not deck your opponent, you'll be able to use their goodies to your advantage. Okay, so... That's not the cool. only new card. Yeah, so, so each of these decks has... Um, uh, more new cards than just the commander. So let's let's read them really quickly. There's two. Yeah, a smattering of new cards. Yep. All right, this is Enigma Thief, which is a five blue blue creature Sphinx Rogue. That's a five five. However, that's not the mana cost you typically pay because this card has Prowl on it. So the Prowl cost is three and a blue, and it says you may cast this spell for its Prowl cost if you dealt combat damage to a player this turn with a Sphinx or a Rogue. As flying, and when Nygma Thief enters the battlefield for each opponent, return up to one target non-land permanent that player controls to its owner's hand. So for each opponent, you bounce something. Yeah, uh, four mana as well, because that's typically what you're going to be paying for Enigma Thief. Seven mana to do that effect, not so great, but four mana seems much more doable. And that's probably three things from opponents to their hand for four mana, so that's a really good rate. And you get a 5-5 five, five flare out of it, too. Yeah, the Prowl cost seems like it's going to be not too hard for this deck to turn on, uh, assuming you have a lot of rogues, which why are you running Anawan if not? So yeah. that, then it's very, I think that's actually very powerful. Mm -hmm. Bounce three things for four mana, it seems great. Um, okay, let's talk about the second new card, which is called Whisper Steel Dagger. It's two and a black for an artifact equipment. It says equipped creature gets plus two plus O, oh, and whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you may cast a creature spell from that player's graveyard this turn, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast that spell. Hmm. And then it has an equip cost of three. So if you get this on a rogue, and, and spoiler alert, a lot of rogues have unblockable. Yeah. Have ways that there. they're getting in there. Yeah. So you hit somebody and then all of a sudden their graveyard, you get access to cast something out of their sort of Carador style. Um, you still have to pay the casting cost, but you can spend mana as though or mana of any color. Mm -hmm. So obviously I think this this sort of works really well in tandem with Anawan and the mill, right? And especially since this ups the power of the creature, they're going to mill more cards. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. they mill more cards, they High hopefully chance. hit a creature, you draw a card, and then you go, oh. And also, as a way to draw almost another card, I'm going to cast a creature card out of your graveyard, which is almost like I drew it, right? Yeah, which is great for blue-black, too, because they get access to a lot of colors and creatures they wouldn't have. Otherwise, the equip cost of three is a little rough. Yeah. Equipment costing three as well, but it's a cool synergy card within the deck. Um, and that's actually it. These decks only have three new cards total in them. And the regular commander decks were used to a lot more, like yeah. 10 to 15. So 20 this last year, but yeah, in the old in days of yore, it was like 10 to 15. So yeah. that, that's one of the ways that these pre-cons are a little bit different, right? There's only three new cards per deck, which means there's a lot more reprints. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about these new cards with Gavin really quickly and sort of, you know, how they came to choose these as the new cards that were going in the deck. Both of the Zendikar Rising Commander decks have three brand new cards, and two besides the Commander. The goal with these cards was to both support the strategy, give it some extra oomph, but also to create cards that the wider Commander ecosystem would want to have. So for example, with Whisper Steel Dagger, this is an awesome card in the Rogues deck. You're gonna be milling them with Anawan, your opponents are going to get a bunch of cards into their graveyard, and then this will help cast some. But this also fits a lot of other Commander decks just fine. With Enigma Thief, this was a really great card to play into the Rogue strategy. Prowl is not a mechanic we've seen a ton of, and so this is a fun throwback to that, while also creating a really strong tempo play that bounces a bunch of your opponent's stuff. It's like a mini Cyclonic Rift, and we all know how powerful that card is. Okay, so pretty interesting from Gavin there. And normally we would break down these cards a little further and sort of give our evaluation, maybe list some other cool Combos, synergy cards yeah. that would go with them. We're going to save that for a later video because we don't want any confusion about what's actually in this deck. So we're only going to talk about cards in this video that are actually in the deck because it is a deck reveal uh, video. But look forward in the next few days or in the next week or so. We're going to do what we always do for Commander Precons, which is our quick upgrade guide. Yeah, so this one's going to be fun too. Yeah, so we're going to suggest the 10 cards you should add, the 10 cards you should take out uh, for around a $25 budget to bring this 
these decks sort of up to mm -hmm. normal power levels as quickly as possible. So we will be still doing that. And then, you know, I'm actually a fan of not having too many new cards because we already had the Commander Precons earlier in the year and we can see the effect that it sometimes has on the format. This is, I think, you know, it's the intro. Get back into Commander or get someone into Commander for the first time. Yeah, we don't need 70 new Commander <laughs> cards in addition to what we already get for every single set, right? Yeah, like that's a little what we, overwhelming. Yeah, <laughs> six new ones seems fine. Two new legendary creatures. Yeah, I'm totally on board with it. Okay, so let's look at the stats. Oh, sorry. Let's look at the stats. stats. All right, let's look at the stats <laughs> of this deck. We did our normal breakdown. So there are about eight ramp cards in the deck, and as you can imagine, they're almost all uh, mana rocks. Yep. Card draw seems a little low. There are seven, but remember that Anawan himself is a card draw engine mm -hmm. in some way. I'm not sure how reliable it's going to be every single game, but the fact that you have your commander, which you always have access to, is a way to get card draw, really helps that number out a lot. Like Because that's worth more than just one card draw spell in your deck, right? It's also consistent if you do happen to recast commander your commander twice, but I don't think you're casting command Anawan more than twice, because he's six man the second time yeah, around. Yeah, you're not casting for eight, probably. Yeah. Uh, there are four board wipes in the deck, right around the okay, five we right. usually recommend, and seven targeted removal. We've seen that number go up, and it's gone up for my deck building. I don't know about you, Jimmy, in general. It has. So Yeah, I think our <laughs> old, our old uh, rubric of like five, five targeted removal is a little low now. You probably want to be closer to eight or so, so we're right in that ballpark. Um, rogues, obviously rogues very important to this deck. There are 26 rogues in the deck or ways to create rogues. So as far as like it says rogue uh, uh, on the subtype line, that's most of them. But there are a couple couple that we counted in this category that just create rogue create tokens rogues, yeah. or something. That's, that's, that's right about right too, yeah. Maybe a teeny bit low because anyone wants rogues to attack all the time. But this is, I'd say, right around the right number too. Yeah, we normally say if you have a theme in your deck, at least 25 of that thing most of the time besides Super Friends decks yeah. is what you want. Uh, rogue payoffs, so things that say like if you have rogues, then you get a bonus. There's about 11 of those, so very rogue-focused, this deck. There are four cards with Prowl in the deck, um, which is, we consider it a rogue payoff. Yeah. And Enigma Thief had Prowl. There's also, also stuff like Latchkey Fairy. This is this thing that says when you, you can cast the card for an alternate casting cost if you've dealt combat damage with a fairy or rogue this turn. So, yeah. Um, and the Prowl cost is usually related to the two creature types. So La Enigma Thief was a Sphinx rogue, so you can cast it if you, you know, da do damage with a Sphinx or rogue, and Latchkey Fairy is a fairy rogue. You can cast it from his prowl cost if you do damage with a fairy or a rogue. Oh, there you go. I yeah. didn't even notice the Sphinx thing on the end. <laughs> Doubtful that you're going to do damage with a Sphinx and then cast an Enigma Thief in this deck, though. <laughs> That's true. And also, remember, Anawan himself is a rogue payoff, right? It says yeah. if you deal combat damage with rogues, then you mill and you possibly draw cards. So, uh, okay, so mill effects. How strongly does this deck care about mill? Are you trying to mill out your opponents as a win con? And we see there are only three mill effects in the deck. Remember, Anawan is also a mill effect. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't seem like the mill part of this is is very highly focused on. There's I think that's just a little bit. Well. Yeah, it's really hard to mill people out in Commander. I think no, you're mostly trying... The mill's mostly gravy. You're hoping to draw cards off of it, and then you have a few ways in the deck to take advantage of that. And in fact, we see that mill payoffs is the next category, and there are actually 10 mill Ooh, payoffs. So there's okay. a lot more ways to sort of get rewarded for milling them than there are ways to actually mill them. Um so there are a lot of reanimating from graveyard effects in here. So obviously, I think you're supposed to hit your opponents, mill their stuff in their graveyard, and then like the Whisper Steel Dagger, and this is one of the mill payoffs, there are ways to sort of like, oh, now that you've got that in your graveyard, I'm going to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then ways to pump creatures. I looked into this out of curiosity because it does matter how much damage creatures do uh, for how much you mill. Mm -hmm. um, there are seven. So there are a decent amount of ways, and a lot of that's on equipment and things. Yeah, it seems, sort of, a, seems a little high. Yeah, it seems like you don't actually care that much about it because. But you do want to like you don't want to hit and then not oh, mill one. a creature. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you need to mill at least a few cards to hope you get a creature so you can draw that card. So I, it might be important. I don't know. Without playing the deck, it's hard to tell exactly how much that's going to matter. Yeah. What do, we, what do you think of the stats overall, Jimmy? How does this look? Pretty solid. Uh, I think the mill effects and mill payoffs is interesting. That's like the sub-theme of the deck mm -hmm. is like ways to reanimate cards from the graveyard outside of just straight up drawing them with Anawan. Mm -hmm. uh, and like we said here, the card draw and the ramp is a teeny bit low. And you would also, of course, when you go and look at what the ramp is, sometimes, you know, being a blue-black deck, it's mostly going to be mana rocks. But mm -hmm. if it's a green deck and there's like not much land ramp, then you'd be like, hold on, let's make sure that that's in there as well. So you have to go through and look. But it looks like a lot of it is just like signets, soul rings, all that. Yeah. I also want to say that most ro rogues are small, are small, right? They have low power, like one to two power. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to tell like what the chances are 
that you'll mill a creature card off your opponent's deck, which really does affect the evaluation because, right? It, yeah, it it like it's hard to know. Do you need more card draw, or will Anawan just take care of it? I'm not sure because hitting with one ones doesn't seem like it's li- like that's not worth a full card. Yeah, even if your uh, opponent's deck was all creatures and lands, <laughs> it's still only like a sixty percent chance. And most decks are like at most. 35 creatures right so that's a one in three chance so you really want to mill at least three cards from a creature deck to even get a chance to draw one card yeah so that's a little interesting um there's think- also not a hundred percent chance that you're going to be able to get in with damage with your rogues either because exactly. not every i mean a lot of rogues say unblockable but a lot of them don't like they just are just creatures that say rogue on them not to mention milling players can sometimes get them really salty doing a lot of damage across or the can board help them. <laughs> yeah it can help them as well yeah don't mill the wrong person but uh this is definitely one of those decks where i think like Anawan's four mana, who knows how often you're going to be able to actually get his trigger to go, because at that point when you cast him and have other creatures out, turn four, good chance people will have blockers unless you have unblockable stuff. All right. Um, Okay, so that covers the stats of the deck, and next we're going to start looking at the reprints. It's a big question what everybody's wondering, you know, what are reprints in these new pre-cons look like? But before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right. We are back talking about the Sneak Attack Blue Black Rogues Matters deck headed by Anawan the Ruin Thief. And there are only three new cards in this deck. But there are a lot of reprints, which is really exciting. It's actually the bulk of the deck. And I think it's one of the biggest questions that players have going into learning about these decks as well. We want to know, okay, cool. We have a lot of reprints in here. What's the value of them? Is this going to make a Commander Precon worth buying if I'm looking to get some cards? Uh, And of course, there are only three new cards, which means there's a good chance that a lot of them are good reprints. But we don't exactly know how good they are yet. Yeah, I think a lot of people are wondering, you know, how are these going to measure up compared to the tra- traditional Commander Precons that we've known for years and years? Yep. And aside from the fact that there are fewer new cards, we don't really know exactly how these decks are different than those traditional Commander Precons. So one thing we've heard um, is that these are kind of, these set decks we're calling them, um, are kind of like the commander deck version of a Planeswalker deck. Right. And those decks usually have a Planeswalker on the front. It's like an alternate cost Planeswalker that usually costs more, and there are cards in the deck that affect it, so it feels almost like a commander experience, but with a Planeswalker. And those decks are usually meant for newer players, and those Planeswalker decks are are pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, They're usually around $15. So I think this talking point from Wizards kind of implies that, that these set Precon decks, these commander decks, are going to be priced a decent bit lower than our traditional commander products. Um, Sweet. And that they're maybe primarily entry points for newer players. Um, and Wizards has dropped other hints to sort of indicate that that's the case. You know, without MSRP, because they stopped doing MSRP lately, it's kind of difficult for them to talk about it. And they usually have to be vague in their, <laughs> in the way they, <laughs> to protect, you know, because yeah. they can't promise like certain price points because there is no MSRP. But um, Gavin said earlier that these are our most accessible commander decks ever. Ah. And I think that's kind of a way that they they sort of signify like accessible, right? Like that's a, Easy that's a code guess. word for cheap. I hope, <laughs> I hope you know, yeah. less, less costly. Fingers crossed. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Every, I know everybody wants to know about the reprint value. So we'll stop talking about this now and get into the reprint value. That's important too. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I would, I would keep that in mind, right? If the price of these decks is lower, then that has to be factored in. And also, does that mean the value of the reprints is going to f- sort of follow suit? Is there, are, oh, right. you know, are the reprints going to be... Not as good. Yeah, just because these decks are going to be cheaper. So, all right. 
We're going to break this down a little bit. And disclaimer, as usual, we are recording this video before the deck list has been revealed to the world. And we know that as soon as the deck list, which, by the way, the full deck list is in the show notes. You can go check on it um, and look at it. As soon as that's out there, the price of all the reprints goes down. So we can only check the prices before the deck list is announced. So, But it's good to know regardless. And we've done that in years past, so that's good for us because at least we're using the same bar to sort of compare everything, right? Yeah, and it also would be very weird if we're like, it's going to go down to this, we think. And yeah, try and talk we're about just it guessing. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, so the deck contents, we know there are three new cards. There are 30 basic lands in the deck, which means there are 67 reprints. 30 basic lands. Yeah, that's a lot of basic lands. Usually in the C20 decks, for example, in Ikoria, we had all between 15 to 18 basic mm-hmm. lands. There was a lot more utility lands. Non-basics, yeah. However, those decks, the traditional precons, have a lot more new cards. So Including the, num- the lands, by the way, yeah. Yeah, so the, the number of total reprints uh, in this set decks are actually kind of closer to the traditional commander precons than you would think. I thought, like, there's going to be way more reprints. There might be 80 reprints right. in these decks because there's not so many new cards, but because basic lands are taking up a bunch of the slots, it's actually closer than I thought. Um, another thing to note is that three of the cards in this deck are from the Zendikar Rising main set. So they're technically reprints, but they don't have a price that we can reference, right? Because at the, at the same time that we're we recording no this, yet. yeah, before this deck is known, we're actually recording this before anything from Zendikar Rising is known. So um, we the value from those three cards is going to be left out of the stats. I don't think it's going to make a difference because they're all uncommons from a new, brand new set, so they're going to be pretty cheap. But those cards for reference are Merfolk Wind Robber, Sure-Footed Infiltrator, and soaring thought thief. Man, these are all trying to steal stuff or infiltrate. They're all rogue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we're not going to read what each of those does uh, because they've been previewed by somebody else. We're not sure who, but they're probably unlikely also to see much play outside of rogue tribal decks. So it's yeah. It, yeah. And we what? saw this with Ikoria as well, uh, with yeah. the one deck that was all about um, uh, transform, not morph. Mutate, mutate, yeah. Come together. <laughs> so you're gonna see some reprints that of the the deck that shares themes with the actual set. All right, let's get into some specifics here. We're gonna talk about the um, notable reprints in this deck. We can't go through every card because that'll just make for an you know five hour long video. So we're just <laughs> gonna hit the highlights again. The full deck list is in the show notes, so just go down there if you want to just see the deck list now. And there are some good highlights. Yeah, so let's talk about the top reprints in this deck, which we're going to define as being valued at $5 or more, again, at the time of recording this video. Um, uh, you want to start with the big one? Yeah, the first big one, a Craig Blanchett favorite. It's Una, Queen of the Fae. So she's three, Demir, Demir, Demir. It's a legendary creature fairy wizard that's a 5-5 five, five with flying, and this is one of the mill cards in the deck because for X and a Demir, you can choose a color and target opponent exiles the top X cards of their library. For each card of the chosen color exiled this way, create a 1-1 one, one blue and black fairy rogue creature token with flying. So this is a great mill card. It's going to get you a ton of 1-1s, one, and more importantly, they're all rogues. So then those can start hitting players, and they're flying. They're very, very good. This card is actually a $13 card as of the time of recording this video. And a very powerful deck in its own right. Yeah. I like that it exiles the cards. This will turn off. This won't uh, synergize with some of the reanimate cards you have. But at the same time, if there's a Marin deck or something, you right. can point this at them and you don't have to worry that you're somehow helping them. Um, the next card is another card that we often see as the commander of its own deck. And this was probably the most popular rogue tribal commander up until yep. this point. Probably going to be supplanted by Anawan, but it's Sig River Cutthroat. It's two hybrid Demir mana, so either blue, blue, black, black, or blue and black, for a 1-3 legendary creature Merfolk Rogue. At the beginning of each end step, if an opponent lost three or more life this turn, you may draw a card. So this uh, incentivizes you dealing damages to at least one of your opponents, and again, this, what your deck wants to do. Yeah, and again, this was a $13, $13 card, just like Una. So we start off the right off the bat with two more than $10 cards. Yeah. Oh, I've seen in Commander decks past, they never even get past like the 7 or $8 mark in terms of reprints. So this is pretty cool. And they're both commanders as well, which you can use in your own decks if you don't want to build a Animon, the Ruin Thief deck, which is awesome. You could literally just swap these out uh, as the commander for this deck if you felt like it. I, think, I don't think it would probably be quite as good, but you could yeah, do it. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the next is Notorious Throng, which I will say is the first time I've ever seen this card. I've never seen it, <laughs> which just shows we haven't played against a lot of Rogue Tribal decks, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's three in the blue for a 
tribal sorcery rogue, and this sorcery actually has prowl on it. So for five in the blue, you may cast it for its prowl cost if you dealt combat damage to a player this turn with a rogue. And it says create X one one black fairy rogue creature tokens with flying, where X is the damage dealt to your opponents this turn. If this spell's prowl cost was paid, take an extra turn after this one. Yeah, so you're because you are immediately wondering why is the prowl cost higher yeah. than the regular cost? Well, because for two extra mana, you get an extra turn. That seems like a good rate. And a bunch of one one black fairy creature tokens that then you can use rogues to attack on your next turn. So it's got the Una effect, except Una makes blue and black fairy rogues. This just makes black fairy rogues, but they are flying, and they're going to be able to hit on your new extra turn for six mana. That's, oh yeah, and they're two twos with Anawan. Oh, yeah. Jeez. And this card was $10 before uh, the deck reveal, so that's three cards over $10. I would say in most, if not many, of the Commander products in the past, we did not have three cards over $10 yeah. in the reprint slot, so that's interesting. Um, the next card is obelisk of erd six mana for an artifact but it has convoke so you your creatures can help cast this spell each creature you tap while casting the spell pays for one uh or one generic mana of its mm -hmm. cost um as obelisk of erd enters the battlefield you choose a creature type and then creatures you control of the chosen type get plus two plus two so obviously wow. you're going to choose werewolves <laughs> and then with anawan your rogues get plus one plus one and all your werewolves get plus two plus two <laughs> that card's also up there uh, around 850 uh, oh, this yeah. is like a great tribal card especially in token decks and we just talked about three two cards that create one one tokens that can that can ramp this thing out notorious throng into obelisk avert into an extra turn seems pretty sweet yeah yeah seems really good <laughs> <laughs> and then let's go into of course a card that's been reprinted many times but keeps rising in price so this is actually one of the real reasons i'm really happy that these decks are coming out so often is that we can just get as many arcane signets onto the market as possible uh it's two mana for an artifact you can tap it to add one mana of any color in commander's color identity now obviously it's not as great in a two-color deck but i like that wizards is just like we just need to reprint this a bunch because this card rose again back up to six dollars yeah, and I think you still run this in any two-color combination that doesn't have green, right? Because yeah, there's just, just to get more ramp. Yeah, you're not at a, uh, a a you're not at terminal velocity for the amount terminal velocity. What's the word I'm looking for? I think it is terminal velocity, just the max. Yeah, you speed. you yeah. haven't maxed out on two mana ramp in right. these decks. So I would even put this on a mono red deck. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just because two mana ramp you need in a lot of decks. So arcane signet. Yeah, I think if we keep seeing it reprinted at the rate it has been, it's going to be you know at Soul Ring or below prices, which is good. Thank goodness. Because you need those for a lot of deck. Okay, so those are all... Oh, that was about $6 before the reveal. Um, so those are the five cards that are above $5. And then we're going to talk about even more reprints, and all of these are above the $2 price point. Um, just because, again, we're just trying to go through most of the highlights here. So Demir Signet. I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm really surprised. We've this was... seen this printed in the Masters sets. It's been, oh, I feel like it's been around everywhere, but I always keep them every time I grab them. But man, this rose again. Yeah, and and not all the Signets are this high, but mm -hmm. some a lot of the ones not in green, obviously, right. uh, have, have risen up over the years. So Demir Signet is the two-mana Signet in blue and black. Um, and it is about 450 at the time of this recording, which is surprising, but yeah. kind of like Arcane Signet, I think these are cards that just, you can reprint them, and unless you reprint the crap out of them, they're always going to slowly climb back up, because yeah. every deck needs them. Two mana rocks, uh, yeah. but one mana rocks are better. Soul Ring, of course, <laughs> always is going to sit around the sort of 4 to $5 price point. Now it's at 450 and again, even though this gets reprinted every single year in every single Commander deck, it's still one of the most played cards, uh, and everyone needs one. So, Because every new Commander deck that gets built needs a Soul Ring in it, yes. right? So that's why. Yeah. Um, so that was around 450. That's probably going to drop back down. But again, going to go straight back up after you know players sort of get into the format and these decks aren't as available. I mean, we do have Commander Legends and we know there are these set decks for that product right. as well. Will they have Arcane Signet and Soul Ring in those too? Maybe. We don't know. Obviously, we, we have no information about those, but those maybe that could finally keep the prices down with these set decks coming out. Maybe. What Commander Legends will do, though, is make a lot more people build Commander decks. That's a really so good point. <laughs> that raises the price up. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick them up now. All right. Uh, we're not done with the $2 and over cards. The next one is Sepulchral Primordial. Ooh. This is really good in the deck. So it's five black black for a 5-4. Avatar has Intimidate. It means this creature can't be blocked except by artifact creatures and or creatures that share color with it. But it says, when Sepulchral Primordial enters the battlefield... For each opponent, Ooh. you may put up to one target creature card from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. 
So this is obviously pretty good with mill. Mill you, mill you, mill you for a few turns. Play this thing. Get the best thing out of everybody's graveyard onto yep. my battlefield. And hopefully you have enough ramp to get it out early because it is a seven mana card. Uh, the but next... it's not the type of card you would want to play early. So I no, actually think no, as a seven right. mana card, it's kind of fine. It's kind of a game ender, uh, I think, in the more casual decks as well because yep. you just get so much out of it um, potentially. The next up is Lazav, Demir Mastermind. Oh, sorry. Let me. Oh, did oh. I save Sopoko Parmario? It was about four bucks. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Not bad. Uh, Lazav, Demir Mastermind is a little less. It's around 350 but it's blue, blue, black, black for a legendary creature shapeshifter with hexproof. You could also make this a commander deck if you wanted to. Yep. Whenever a creature card is put into a, an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, you may have Lazav become a copy of that card, except its name is Lazav, Demir Mastermind. It's legendary in addition to its other types, and it has hexproof and this ability. So this card can keep changing into the cards that you're milling with Anawan, or uh, not Una, uh, any of your other mill cards, and then it has hexproof and it contains and it maintains the ability, which is pretty cool. So it can just kind of shift around. Yeah, we've seen uh, hexproof it that betrays before on game nights, and oh, that, that's hard to deal with. Let's just say. Yeah. So Lazav very powerful when you're milling cards. Just hexproof in general, so good. Yep. The next one is consuming aberration. It's three a blue and a black for a star star horror. Consuming Aberrations, Power, and Toughness are equal to the number of cards in your opponent's graveyards, all added together. And then whenever you cast a spell, each opponent reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a land card, and then they put those cards into their graveyard. So this is also a card that's milling them for quite a bit, Mm because they each do this when you cast a spell. Um, And then obviously it gets better with your milling things with Anawan, because it just gets bigger. It consumes. Oh, it's about... uh, Three dollars. Three bucks, yeah. yeah. The next up is a card that I haven't seen much play, but I actually like it quite a lot. It's Ogre Slumlord. Three black black for a 3-3 three, three creature Ogre Rogue. Whenever another non-token creature dies, you may create a 1-1 one, one black rat creature token. And rats you control have death touch. So they're not uh, rogues that you create, but you do create very, very annoying creatures. Um, and here's the thing. If someone's going to block you with Anwans out there, I kind of want you to do damage to me. You have Ogre Slumlord out. Now you get little one ones out of result, and then you can swing with those. Pretty annoying. Yeah, this card is a rogue itself, which I think is why it's in there, but yep. also just good value for aristocrat-style stuff. If anybody else is sacking their own creatures, you're because it's it's when, when another non-token creature dies, not you control, so yep. it counts your opponents. You're, and your stuff and your opponents, yeah. Definitely a powerful card if you yeah. can stick it. That's like 250 right now, so it's a, it's a little up there. Uh, the next one is an equipment. It's Blackblade Reforged. It's two mana for legendary equipment. Uh, equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each land you control, which is deck on Blackblade's text, yep. which is why it's Blackblade Blade Reforged. It It's interesting. It has an equip cost of seven, but it has equip legendary creature for only three. So if you put it on Anawan or Una or Sig or Lazav, then all of a sudden uh, it gets really big, really fast. So that's interesting. And because... You know, obviously you're milling for the amount of damage you're hitting for. Yeah. You know, you could turn Anawan into like a 12-12 or something later in the Gosh. game and just boom, mill him for a ton. So that's cool. Yep. Uh, and that oh. card was sitting around 225. Next up is Necromantic Selection, which is one of the board wipes in the deck. It's like the, a classic black board wipe. It's four black, 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 seven man for a sorcery. Destroy all creatures, then return a creature card put into a graveyard this way to the battlefield under your control. It's a black zombie in addition to its other colors and types, and you exile Necromantic Selection. So you can actually do this board wipe on yourself as well and choose a creature that you had died, come back on the battlefield, like Sepulchre Primordial maybe. Ooh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Just have it go all over again. Also, because of the new rules sum- surrounding um, Commander Dies triggers, they actually go to the graveyard, and I believe Necromantic Selection can snag somebody's commander now. Ooh, God. Yeah, so you can destroy all creatures, their commanders go to the graveyard, and because Necromantic Selection has to fully resolve before the, the state-based action will check and they'll be able to put it back in the command zone, I think you'll be like, oh, I'll just take your commander. Wow. Yeah. So that card actually got way better. Uh, and then here's a card, I was surprised it was only $2, because this card is incredibly powerful. It's Notion Thief. Two, a blue and a black, for a 3-1. Human Rogue, I didn't even know it was a rogue, has Flash. If an opponent would draw a card, except the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, instead that player skips that draw and you draw a card. So this is a way to steal your opponent's card draw from them, and usually you flash it in when a big effect takes place, mm-hmm. and you just like they think they're drawing like a bunch of cards, and you're like, no, I'll draw those cards, and it's the worst when they do that to you. And it's a persistent effect, so it's going to stay there until they get rid of the Notion Thief. Um, we. We said we weren't going to mention cards that aren't in the deck, but there are a couple cards where this will kill you. Yes. So, <laughs> so be just, careful. You'll immediately mill it. It's not a May ability. No, here. it's not. Yeah, you yeah. have to do it. So, <laughs> Which is funny. Okay. Um, and then I want to talk about one card that is not 
on the sort of most uh, valuable list for reprints, right? This is not two dollars or more or five dollars or more but i think it's the best card in the deck or one of the best cards in the deck and we should been, be two dollars or more this card's awesome we've been talking about it a lot all the time i bought like five foil copies <laughs> like i just want more of them <laughs> so it's sir conrad the grim three black black for a five four legendary creature human knight whenever another creature dies or a creature card is put into a graveyard from anywhere other than the battlefield or a creature card leaves your graveyard sir conrad the grim deals one damage to each opponent so now every time you mill your opponents. If a creature card goes, uh, you'll draw a card from Anawan and then deal damage to everybody for each of those mills. This is like all of a sudden going to make you be able to kill people with the milling. Yeah. And you can also pay one in a black uh, for Sir Conrad as an activated ability and each player mills a card. Um, and you can do that as many times as you have one in black. You don't have to tap Sir Conrad or anything. So just a very powerful card in the deck. I think a finisher in this deck. Yeah, and it's a great way to pair up with the fact that you're not going to mill them out, but you will be doing damage combat-wise as well as Sir Conrad-wise, and that's going to do a lot over <laughs> the game. All right, so there are five cards that were over $5, 14 total cards over $2, and then total reprint value of the entire deck. Are you ready for this? Yep. $106.16. Ooh. A lot of heavy lifting being done by Una and Sig there, by the way. Yeah, That's 26 of that. Yeah. It's yeah. a fifth of it. So let's compare that to the C20 precon, so the, the Ikoria-themed traditional commander product that came out earlier this year. And we see that the reprint value, on average, for all five of those decks was $97.48. Nice. So this is a little bit higher reprint value than the traditional commander product, at least from this year. Now, remember that C20 decks had an average of 23 new cards per deck. They did more new cards than ever this year. And this one only has three. So that I don't want that number to be too misleading, right? Yeah. Because you're not getting as many new cards. And new cards do have value. They're just not calculated into the reprint value because at the time that we do this calculation, we don't know what new cards are worth. Yep. So there's no fierce guardianship or anything you're probably going to get. Unless you think Enigma Thief or Whisper Steel Dagger is going to be <laughs> that valuable, which I doubt. Yeah, there's no Dockside Extortionist in this kind of deck. Right. There's just a bunch of reprints. Um, but but that's, also, still, that's still pretty good, though, I think. like Just also the fact that I like that two of the big reprint cards are commander cards, like very specifically commander ones. That's great. Uh, and also remember that we think these decks, based on hints given to us uh, when Wizards people have been talking about them, are going to be cheaper, less expensive than traditional Commander products. You know, maybe, I don't know, uh, somewhere in the low 20s, I hope? 20, 25 great. bucks? Really? Maybe? I, I can imagine someone walking in there. and being like, I want to play Commander. That looks really affordable. I'm going to get that. That's, that's a really good point as a way to sort of let people enter the format it's a lot more palatable to spend 25 bucks than it is to spend 45 bucks or whatever the traditional commander products are at now yep. um so that's pretty that's pretty cool and the value is actually i think pretty good at that price point yeah and the deck looks like it's very focused it's not too complicated in terms of what it does so hopefully that's an easy way for people to get in as well okay we're gonna uh cut away here to a quick clip from gavin uh, because he has sort of a closing statement about these decks Doing two commander decks with a set is uncharted territory for us. I mean, we just did our first ever commander decks aligned with a set with Aquaria earlier this year. So I would love your feedback. Please send it to me either on Twitter or Instagram or even on YouTube and let me know what you think. I hope you're enjoying this continued year of commander and there's still a lot of fun stuff in store. Commander Legends is just around the corner and well, I'm sure I'll be talking with you again then. But in the meantime, enjoy these Zendikar commander decks. They're a lot of fun. Nice. All right. So if you want to contact the mountain man and tell him <laughs> what you think about these decks. That beer just keeps getting longer. Right? I think in between clips, it's grown. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, if you're listening on audio, you can send Gavin a tweet at Gavin Verhey. That's G-A-V-I-N-V-E-R-H-E-Y. Not at Mountain Man, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's asking for Mountain some Mountain Man feedback. MTG. Yeah, this is, again, the first time that they've done this. So I think it's a really important moment for the developers and for the designers to hear what you think about the decks. We've obviously given our opinions throughout this episode, but I think it's great for the community as well to always chime in. And I'm sure Gavin will be uh, monitoring the comments on this video. So that's another place where if you want to just let you know, Gavin and Wizards know what you think about the deck. Uh, that's a good place to put it. And to the listeners, in that same vein, what do you think about this deck? What do you think about these new set decks, these new commander precons sort of in general, conceptually, what do you think about them? Are you excited for new commander precons now with 
most sets moving forward. We know mm-hmm. that's the plan outside of core sets. Yeah, and also let us know that the Naya deck was spoiled uh, earlier today, we believe. So if you guys want to even compare those two, let us know what you think about the uh, what you can sense across both decks. All right, uh, and one more thing here. Gavin has recently jumped into the content creation game. Um, you know, besides the beard creation game, he's also <laughs> doing content creation. And uh, he has a new MTG theme channel. And again, w- Gavin is a senior designer at wizard so he's able to like do a lot of special stuff with his channel because he's got insider knowledge so anyway we'll let gavin uh talk really quickly about his new channel i actually do have something pretty new and cool to talk about and that's my new youtube channel good morning magic it has new episodes up three days a week and takes you behind the scenes at wizards talking about things like new mechanics or answering popular questions or sometimes even showing off preview cards with commander legends around the corner you will want to keep your eyes peeled please go and subscribe it would really mean a lot and i'll see you on the channel Good morning, Magic. It's great. I mean, if you like Drive to Work podcast with Morrow, because he has so much insight about the history of the game, Gavin's going to have a lot of that as well. The amount that these developers know about <laughs> Magic is, it's immense. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's what they do 24-7. So yeah. uh, uh, the link to Good Morning Magic will be in the show notes, but you can just type Good Morning Magic into the YouTube search bar and find it really easily. Yep, yep. Something else you should type into your your URL window is cardkingdom.com slash command zone. <laughs> if, you, yeah, if you want to get your hands on this uh, Rogue Tribal, Demir, Sneak Attack, Anawan deck, cardkingdom.com slash command zone is the place to go, or the Naya deck, or any of the cards from Zendikar Rising. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to get a booster box, you want to get a collector's booster, you want to get bundles, you want to just buy the singles, which is the most cost-efficient way to go. Yeah. And also, the thing that Card Kingdom specializes in, because they will get you your singles faster and in better condition than anybody else seriously they have like i don't know they've got a million people working over there or they have machines or something because they just get that stuff out the door so fast it's great when you order in the morning and you get a notice later in that same day that it's been shipped yeah you sometimes wow like i've gotten the notification like 20 minutes after i i made the order it's like your order's been shipped wait what well when josh lee kwai's name enters the system (laughs) they like ring the bells they're like it's a josh order ding 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 I don't think that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. And when you get those cards, you're going to want to protect them. So, of course, we here at the Command Zone trust Ultra Pro with all of our card protection needs, as well as the way that we bring our cards to tournaments when we can, as well as around the world in terms of putting them into their awesome boxes. They've just released a whole new line, the Mythic line. The Mythic Collection, yep. Yeah, and it looks great, feels great, really strong magnets as well. And, of course... Yeah, they all have the uh, the Planeswalker symbol, like, stitched on them. Etched yeah, in. Super yeah, classy. feels really nice. Yeah. Um, definitely you'll get TSA being like, what is that? And not in, like, a, is that dangerous? But, like, that's cool kind of way. Um, and, of course, the playmats that we use on the show that we unveil at the beginning of every game night. It's always made by Ultra Pro, as well as our Epic Play playmat. Oh, right. Make sure you do not forget to, to add that into your cart on Kickstarter, because once that Kickstarter is over, you're never going to be able to get it again. And the ARPA Jesper Icing, everyone's been commenting on it. It's great. Yeah, going over to Kickstarter, again, link in the show notes. All right, now it's time for the instep where we talk about something cool outside of the world of magic. We have something cool here. Ah. So there's a new graphic novel series. Um, the first book is out, and it is by our good friend, Brandon Sanderson, Game Whoa. Night's alum. Game Night's winner. <laughs> yeah, Game Night's winner. He's a real good magic player, as it turns out. Yeah, and evil, as it turns out, when he plays magic. <laughs> Which so. fits into this book, actually, because the book is called Dark One. Mm. And um, Brandon is credited as the created and story by, it's sort of a story of good and evil, but with a twist, it follows the perspective of the person, not who's destined to be the savior, but who's destined to be the fearsome villain. Oh, I love those. Yeah. I love that twist. Pretty interesting. And here's another interesting twist, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. This book was, so it's story and created by Brandon Sanderson, our friend, but then it was written by two guys and one of them is our friend. So it was written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. Oh, Jackson. So Jackson is a person who Jimmy and I both know from different circles, right? You know yeah. him from the USC circle and mm-hmm. he does a lot of um, yeah, my drag- brother and his dungeon mastering and stuff. Yep. And and I know him because uh, he actually worked on a short film that I did. Oh, so right. we've known Jack. Jack, he goes by Jackson now. He went by Jack when I knew him, which was a long time ago. Yeah, um, really talented kid. guy, though. Yeah, they do a lot of uh, comic books and graphic novels. He, he and his writing partner, Colin. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were the written by on this, which when we saw it, I was like, hey, Brandon Sanderson. Hey, Jackson. Hey, Jackson. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was also, the book was drawn by Nathan Gooden, who, a uh, very talented artist who worked on this book for literal years. Um, we're going to be showing some of the frames from it on screen here. Uh, you can see it's beautiful. I Anything- love graphic novels. Yeah, do you read a lot of them? 
Yeah, uh, I just finished reading the first three big chapters of Saga, which Ooh. is by Brian K. Vaughn mm -hmm. and Fiona I've Staples. always heard about it. Is it good? It's fantastic. I can just lend it to you if you want. Um, yep. It's great. I read it with my girlfriend. It was like awesome. Like an hour before that, you can get through like three of the mini like chapters. But the amount of work you have to put into a graphic novel is immense. Yeah, it's crazy because you have to do all the art and the art direction and everything too. Yeah, and there's a, at, at the end of the first like mega book that compiles all of them, you you see the step by step process because they have to ink every single thing, draw the sketches, and then they have to ink even how they put the words on the page. They got to color it all. There's so many steps just to make a single page of it. So it's really cool to see. Yeah, so this one, again, is called Dark One. And uh, if you're a fan of Brandon Sanderson, I read basically everything that he puts out. So uh, I think that'll be worth... have to pick it up. Yeah, and we know Jackson's a really good writer too and, and his buddy Colin, and uh, the art looks awesome. So Dark One. There will be links again for that in the show notes. In fact, actually... I think, yeah, I should I should have said this earlier. We are going to do a contest. We're going to give away some of these books. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good thing you're still listening, yeah, good listener. Thing, good, good thing you're still <laughs> listening to this. We, uh, yeah, because I talked to Jack, and um, they're going. We're going to set up something with the publishing company. I think it's Vault, uh, and they're going to send out a bunch of Dark One um, books to people out there. So here's here's a really easy way to to enter on Twitter or. On our Instagram, which are both at CommandCast, mm -hmm. just use the hashtag DarkOneMTG, all one word, and just say anything to us. DarkOneMTG, be like, hey, Jimmy and Josh, I love Heard Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. Uh, hey, Jimmy and Josh, I like graphic novels. Hey, Jimmy and Josh, why are you both wearing red shirts? Anything. <laughs> just use the hashtag DarkOneMTG, because that's what we'll search by on yeah. Instagram or Twitter, and we will randomly choose... Um, some ten. people, 10? I think they said 10. Okay. 10 people to uh, give the book to for free. That's great. Yeah. And for all of you still listening, that's you got a good chance of winning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really good chance. All right. Uh, big thanks to our editing, graphics, and logistics team, which is Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Alfred Estaca, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Non, and Sam Waldo. I swear that list gets longer. That's a mouthful. I was, yeah. gonna, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> and of course, big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer and Sam Waldo for doing the living card animations behind us here on set. The animations at Game Nights, the animations that start and end our show now at uh, youtube.com slash the Command Zone podcast. You can find Jeffrey at Living Cards MTG. Always love his work. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs>